analyst, Mike Clay, has released his once-a-year piece breaking down the individual statistic production for all 32 NFL teams. We break down his thoughts on the Cleveland Browns on offense and defense, and we also look at maybe a position where the Browns could maybe be in for a little bit of drop in play from years past. All this and more, Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Garrett Bush at GBush91. Your host, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen day in, day out. It's traditional podcast form, whatever platform you use. Make sure you follow and subscribe to the show. And of course, now on YouTube, closing in on the benchmark of 1,000 subscribers. Appreciate everybody who's uh, been so diligent. Maybe some of you who have been willing to change your ways here a little bit, joining us over on YouTube as well. Just for us, the you know best way and another avenue just to give you the best Cleveland Browns content we can on the daily. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with Jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Again, use Lockdown at checkout. We've been covering this piece for years now on Lockdown Browns. Um, for any one of you, you know, uh, Browns fans, big fantasy fans, um, Mike Clay, ESPN, does his piece every year. Um, and basically tries to break down these statistical projections for all 32 teams in the NFL. We've always had some fun with this over the years. Um, and we always talk about this, you know, all, all you Browns fans, um, you know, you'd love to be able to litter your fantasy team with Cleveland Browns. Um, not necessarily the best avenue for winning, even when this team has been good. It's always been a balanced attack. No one really necessarily just basically eats up all the numbers, as always, if you're going to go after anybody on the Cleveland Browns. As far as fantasy-wise, it's probably Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb alone, or maybe the Browns defense this year might be a nice pick. But uh, Mike Clay's piece, obviously, out here. And first thing that stands out for me, Garrett, is you know with something like this, obviously, he's in a tough spot here because you got to figure out what possibility would go with Deshaun Watson. He puts Deshaun Watson in for 11 starts for the Browns this year, uh, passing yardage of almost 2,500 yards. 15, uh, 16 touchdowns, seven INTs. So, you know, a little less than one interception a game. Um, not even two touchdowns a game. Garrett, this is some stuff you and I have actually talked about here. Um, just because, you know, you've made this upgrade at the quarterback position, you're not automatically going to assume all of a sudden that this team is just going to, you know, have a quarterback that statistically is rivaling Patrick Mahomes and those types of players. Very, very balanced attack. Nick Chubb, all north of uh, 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, 15 games. I think that's kind of where they go with most skill players is they kind of accommodate for maybe one or two games missed. Uh, Kareem Hunt, over 500 on the ground, 48 receptions, 400 yards. So almost, you know, figuring a full season of Kareem Hunt, you're probably going to find a way to get 1,000 total yards. The one for me that kind of stands out the most, you know, Amari Cooper, uh, you know, figuring for, you know, 79 receptions, just south of 1,000 yards at 926. 
But this is one we keep talking about, Garrett, is, you know, where and what happens with the rest of the wide receiver room. And the way they played out, Mike Clay has it, is 31 receptions for Anthony Schwartz, 31 receptions for Donovan Peoples-Jones, 30 receptions for David Bell, you know, three touchdowns, two and two across about the board. But basically almost equal production between the three of them. You add it up, you know, you're talking about 90, uh, 92 receptions. Um, I don't think necessarily there's going to be the opportunity for one of these guys – People would have to fail for the Browns to truly have a number two wide receiver. I think all these guys are going to get opportunities. I think the Browns like what all of them can bring to the table. Uh, the smart route running, the intelligent route running of David Bell, the shorthanded catch, obviously the big playability of Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz with just speed that cannot be matched by many people in the NFL. But offensively, and then of course, you know, you, we'll get to David Ajoku here in his first year as tight end one. But you know, doing an effort like this that Mike does every year, a it's great. It's a great resource uh, for anybody fantasy wise. Also for us, it's just great because it's certainly a talking point, and a lot of people kind of curious about you know, what the output of the Browns' offense would be. What kind of truly maybe stands out for you here, Garrett? Uh, I'll look at it from you know, it's a really balanced attack. And and I get that them they want to be really balanced. Don't know what you're going to do running pass. And I think it's hard to project what's going on with Deshaun Watson. But let me tell you this: as I look at this, I, I'm looking at it from a, a standpoint and saying, okay, um, I, I would like to see the, those numbers for Kareem Hunt to go up a little bit. If you're going to tell me um, in the first few games or so that we're not going to have Deshaun Watson, um, I would like to see some of the touches increase for Kareem Hunt. I would like to see him be a more vocal part of the the, the, the offense because I think that they're going to need to lean on that a little bit. And, you know, I would also, you know, a thousand is like a benchmark, right? I, I would like to see Amari Cooper. I'd be ecstatic if, if, if I can get Amari Cooper somewhere within the, you know, above 80. I would like to see him 88 catches. If I can get him 1,150 yards, almost, almost 1,200, then I can I can feel great about the fact that when we are throwing the football off the run game, the guy we're looking to target and the guy that's making big plays for us down the field is Amari Cooper. Now keep in mind he's getting twenty million a year, um, and, and for twenty million a year, I, I want that production to be something that is better than what Jarvis Landry go, does. If you go back and, and look at our our receivers, go back to two thousand nineteen. Jarvis Landry had a little under uh, 1,200 yards, 1,100 and I think 1,170 yards. Um, I think Odell Beckham Jr. had somewhere in the, in the range of 74 yards, 1,047, four touchdowns. Right. So I, I want to look. I want that production to be up from a guy like Amari Cooper, and I re really like them to to really focus in when the Browns need a catch. We're not going to to uh, Bryant. We're going to one of our guys. We're going to we're going to Amari Cooper to get us a big play because I think we've been missing that in the offense a little bit, Jeff. Um, well, I think well, there's a couple phases here. Now you brought up 2019. Obviously, the plan for this year is a lot different than where 2019 was. This Browns team mm -hmm. figures to be in the lead a lot, um, not chasing yards, trying to chase points to close out games like they were in 2019. Um, Amari Cooper, there's some things that are going to come to this. Um, it's going to come to how much Deshaun Watson plays. That is going to be a direct link to his statistical output. Uh, Deshaun Watson you know, can make all the throws. 
Jacoby Brissett, and I'm not a knock. Jacoby Brissett is capable, um, but he's certainly not held in the regard that Deshaun Watson is, you know, at the quarterback position, physically playing it, of course. Um, a lot of this is also going to come down to what Donovan Peoples Jones, Anthony Schwartz, and David Bell are able to do. Um, if these guys are able to make plays, you are not going to be able to go into this saying, well, we're going to take Amari Cooper out of the passing attack. Um, you get plays from these young guys. Guess what? We're going to have to show equal coverage to Amari Cooper, or we're going to have to show equal covers to Anthony Schwartz, David Bell, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's there on the field. And that is notwithstanding, obviously, the tight end position. Um, me, yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, and, and look, the Browns didn't give up much to acquire Amari Cooper, fifth-round pick. You didn't give up much. But it is a heavy price tag. And for a heavy price tag, uh, you know, I'm kind of with you where you figure it's the mid-80s. It's an 1100. It's probably north of eight touchdowns minimum. Um, there is some slight concerns. Amari Cooper has always been a player that the game maybe didn't translate so well outside weather-wise. Um, and as we know, when we get here to you know mid-November, late November, and all of December, uh, there's going to be some games that the weather is not going to necessarily be favorable for wide receivers for Amari Cooper. But I would let think. Me, go let ahead. me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Jeff. You you play receiver. Um, when you look at Amari Cooper, how, where, where do you have him a little bit? Like in terms of, is he is he a, a, just a solid guy? Do you think, you know, he's he has potential to, to have more production than he did in, in Oakland back in the day in Dallas? Where do you have him on a pecking order as a receiver? Um, I just want to get your opinion because obviously you played the position. Where do, where do you think he's at in terms of his skill set? I think Amari Cooper is probably like right in that, I would say maybe top seven to top 15 range, however you want to rank them. Um, Amari Cooper, he's not just the, he doesn't bring the size that some of the top wide receivers in this game obviously bring. Um, he does not have the essential, you know, X factor as the speed position as some of these guys do. He's a very smart and nuanced route runner. Um, this is something, you know, and everybody just thinks, oh, you go to work on it, you go to work. It. It's a feel. I mean, you could run the same route a thousand times. The guy next to you could run it 12 times and you're never going to be able to create what he does. It's a body control thing. It's knowing when to, you know, basically, you know, slow yourself down, explode out of a cut, things of that nature. He is really good in that regard. I think there's been times and years where, Amari Cooper wasn't used as much as he should have been. It also seems like Amari Cooper is a streaky, streaky player. He will give you, uh, you know, a quarter of three or four receptions for 60 yards. And there's been times where teams have gone away from him. That is, you know, look, I mean, if you got something humming and you got something working, go. And that's how you get those 12, 13 reception, you know, knocking on the door at 200 yards. Amari Cooper is a very, very solid wide receiver. And the Browns, the most important thing here for them in doing this move, obviously, was moving away from wide receivers who had big personalities. Amari Cooper's going to come in. He's going to do his job. Yes, he gets paid a lot. He gets paid very similar to the last two guys that were here. Um, but this is a guy you just don't hear much of. Huge fan of Amari Cooper. And the biggest key here is going to be how Amari Cooper works, uh, obviously, with the young guys. Um, and then real quick, before we uh, move on here, uh, David Njoku, first uh, season Browns, uh, number one overall tight end, 48 receptions, 501 yards, five touchdowns. I got to be honest, Garrett, for what they're paying him, and again, the way the contract is structured, David Njoku isn't certainly going to take the world over at any time soon, money-wise, um, but he's getting paid very well. I think you're hoping for better than 48 and 501 out of a tight end that you've now committed $12, 13000000 per year to. Oh, man, we should have started with that. 
<laughs> we kind of overlooked them. Nah, uh, uh, uh. we've been and and you and me on here. We've been talking about that deal for a long time. We like the deal, but for four, for four five oh one, we need that number. I, I really for the money he's getting, I gotta see eight ninety five. I, I actually want to see somewhere in the nine hundreds, right? I would really, and if you don't give me nine hundred, I'll take eight eight hundred. But I need this, the the red zone touchdowns to be above seven, yeah. eight, nine, you, pushing ten. If he's going to only get eight hundred at that 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 price point, yeah, I think for the money invested, you're probably talking more closer to six sixty receptions. I think for me, I, I would probably say north of seven. You want that touchdown number probably to be anywhere. You know, north of eight. I think those are you know soft numbers, but again, this is a team where it's so balanced. Maybe it's a little tricky to do. And obviously, one big game here, one big game there could change everything. Similar to a Charger game last year. Uh, just some thoughts here. We know the offensive side of the ball here, and I can just tell you right now. Apparently, Mike Clay loves Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. So I'm just going to say that as we move on here, uh, we are going to continue along here uh, with uh, more coverage here today. Locked on Browns. Your host Jeff Lloyd Garrett Bush bringing you. All the best content we can. Don't you love a chewy chocolate brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. What if I told you you can have all that chewy chocolatey deliciousness plus one gram of protein? You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now. And you got to get them fast because they are a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. They are better than dessert. Plus the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Bilt's ca uh, caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. The best part, caramel brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, like for real. With Bilt, you don't have to sacrifice taste for health. You can have both. And all of Bilt's bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons that you should try Built Bars, but for now, let's just say the caramel brownie will rock your world. It's not an understatement. With Built, tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com and get your box of caramel brownie bars today. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Locked on Browns podcast, G. Bush and Jeff Lloyd in the building. We want to thank everybody out there for pushing them numbers up. We rapidly growing every single day. We're growing on YouTube. We already got it rolling. Jeff already had it rolling before I got here on the podcast game over on, on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your your, your uh Ever get your podcast? Continue to support that over there, but continue to support over here on Locked On the Browns podcast, man. We're coming up on uh, mandatory mini camps now, and we continue to grow. We almost close to a thousand people, and I'm going to tell you what right now. One of the things that we were propositioned with is when we start a YouTube channel, we competing against all these other channels out here, man. Locked On Packers, Locked On Bengals, Locked On everything. And one of the things they said is we believe that the fan base in Cleveland is one of the best fan bases in the game. And so you guys are helping us make Locked On Browns podcast the biggest on the Locked On Browns network. And we're going to continue to keep giving you that content on a daily uh, basis here uh, on Locked On Browns podcast. We talked about it a little bit before. Offensive guys, I, I like to, you know, projections. We would like to see a couple of them go up. But you mentioned something. JOK, he must love JOK. 
uh, when I when I take a look at these numbers, there's a couple things that jump out to me, and one of them is JOK. When you look at his 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 numbers, oh my goodness, he must he has him down, and I think this is what it means to be a three down linebacker. When you take a look at his total tackles of 122, they have him down there for two sacks. They even have him out here getting a pick. Uh, and uh, he's he's a guy that I think that they're projecting to be a dude uh, who's going to play three downs. Guys that's going to be in the passing lanes, dudes, and using that speed and athleticism to be all over the field. I think JOK is somebody that he's really high on, and he should be. Um, for the Cleveland Browns to go where they need to go, especially given the fact that you know there may be a suspension, I'm really counting on, and the theme that we've been talking about is Defense, 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 defense. They're going to have to get some turnovers. They're going to be, have to be opportunistic. They're going to have to be stingy. They're going to have to be aggressive fast. And when you come play the Cleveland Browns, you're going to have to say, we got to deal with all that speed off the edge and in the middle of the field. When you're dealing with JOK, the two outside edges, and Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, your thoughts on, on what you saw from the defense and, and what stood out to you? Yeah, first thing for me is, you know, I go to this, and the first thing I am looking for is obviously your leading tackler. Um, and I'll be honest, to predict 122 tackles for a player, that's an insane amount, a very, very large number. But I, I agree totally with you. You know, Jerry Koromoa, I think this year they're going to be able to be a little bit more flexible with him. Um, you know, last year, you know, they talked about this player that they had who they thought could – uh, contribute in a multitude of ways, but it's really difficult to do that with a rookie in the NFL. Uh, last thing you want to do is get the kid overthinking. You know, last thing you want to do is confuse him. And the other thing is, you know, he's just learning his linebacker mates. He's just learning the defensive line in front of him. Um, so when you want to start moving him around, you know, take some looks where you're going to make him look like a safety, or you might even be able to use him on the edge in instances because he is just that explosive. He is just that fast. I want to put that all on one player's plate at one time. The other thing, you know, you would go to here for me is, you know, you go right to Miles Garrett. What do you think the <laughs> sack total? What is the sack total? Um, as we all know, Miles Garrett approaching becoming the Cleveland Browns all-time, you know, leader in sacks. The number is 13 and a half. Um, a, it's a great number. B, I, I'll take the over. Um, just yeah. knowing, you know, I mean, and again, this would come down to Miles being 100%, even towards the end of last year. You know, remember, he was really hampered on Christmas Day against the Green Bay Packers, still went out there, did his job as a shell of himself. If you get 17 games of Miles Garrett, there is no doubt, there is no question, this is a guy that is capable of getting 20 sacks just that easy. With Jadavion Clowney returning on the other side of the ball, with you know Alex Wright, with Chase Winovich, perhaps with Isaiah Thomas, other players he's going to get to play with um, that will draw some attention themselves. Um, you look at that. I look at the safeties here. You know, John, uh, John Johnson the third. Uh, he spoke yesterday how he thinks this defense is just going to hit the ground running this year. Last year there was a lot of getting to know everybody. Um, you know, played some explosive teams early and maybe burned the confidence a little bit as this defense getting, you know, getting to know each other. You know, you give up some points like you did against Kansas City. Obviously, the Charger game hurt. But he talked about where he thinks the continuity of this defense and most of these players being familiar with each other is something that should create for a solid, solid defense here. But I look at Miles Garrett and I see 13 and a half. And I don't know if I'm like just being like absolutely greedy or whatever in this scenario. But it's like, ah, yeah, it seems a little low. That is, that's whole hum. My, I mean, my, you know, Miles Garrett's 13. Miles Garrett needs to be to me, and we'll talk about this on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show today. Uh, when it comes to physical specimens, to me, he's the outside version of Aaron Donald, right? 
there's a, when you're talking about speed, athleticism, power, uh, bend, a- agility, uh, able to be used power, punch, finesse, whatever you want to do. Miles Garrett is that equivalent. So when I see his sack totals at 13, I need that to be 17. I need that to be more like 17 to 20. And the, the holy grail is 20 because if you can get him at 20, and you can do that number, that 13 number, you know who that 13 is good for? It's good for Clowney. <laughs> we'll t- that's good for Clowney. We'll let, if, if Clowney has a 13 and Miles Garrett has a 20, I'm here to tell you right now, the Cleveland Browns won't care that Deshaun Watson's gone four or six or eight games. Because at that level of production, that means you get you guys are being monsters in the backfield. You're getting off the field, you're doing what you need to do, and you're affecting the quarterback and affecting the games. And if you got if you tell me they got 20 for, for Miles Garrett and you got 13 for Clowney, you know what that also means? That means how many pressures they getting, Jeff. How many times they in the backfield, Jeff? They back there just just being uh, uh, disruptions. And for me, that is where the, the the early these first eight nine games are on the defense, and I'm telling them that that right now early. Buckle it up, get it ready, fellas. You don't have to carry us a little bit. There's no question, and and you look. And I think this is even you know in the slimmest of slimmest chances that Deshaun Watson is able to start the season with this team. Um, there will be growing pains. There will be, you know, ups and downs. You can't have that from this defense. And, you know, you're talking about bringing in what they think is, you know, a top five, top six, top seven quarterback in the NFL to now, man, this is still going to be about this defense. Uh, I think they just wanted better play at the quarterback position. They're not necessarily all of a sudden saying it's Deshaun Watson's offense, whatever goes, goes. It's not the way they're still going to run and do business offensively like they have in the past. Um, But they want to pair better quarterback play with what they feel is going to be an elite defense. Um, I think all the makings are there. If you could find a way to either A, get someone to step up in the defensive tackle position or get somebody in here to maybe assist in that avenue. It only strengthens this defense. Um, but we've talked, you know, at times here about the linebackers. How are you going to get them all on the field? We've talked about the cornerbacks. You're five deep. Safeties, four deep. Defensive end, right now you're about five deep. This is a quality, quality defensive roster. And I think as the year went on last year, is a quality defensive roster that learned how to play with each other. But it's not just talent. John Johnson III is an intelligent football player. Anthony Walker, we've heard about his teammates here. We've heard Darius Leonard speak about him and you know how smart and apt he is at preparing a team for a game. Uh, Jeremiah Usukoromoe, you just see it. Even though sometimes he runs around like a chicken without his head, he knows what he's doing. Sometimes you do a player like that, you got to say, look, man, you're just going too fast. All right? You know, so with a player like JOK, obviously you get that Miles Garrett. Uh, very nuanced in what he does. And Jadavian Clowney, one of the most underestimated players in the NFL as far as what his abilities are and his intelligence as far as playing this game. Should be for a very, very fun defense this year. And it's most certainly going to be needed early on or during whatever laps where maybe Deshaun Watson is not playing quarterback for the Browns. Uh, guarantee. Guarantee they're going to definitely need him. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it, you know. Now, that's the great thing about football. We hear all this. You know, it's a lot of people out there doom and gloom about suspensions and when's Baker leaving. And, you know, old, old school guys like us, Jeff, you know, we could turn this stuff on and we can watch the We can watch JV, you know, JV games on a Saturday at two o'clock. Right. 
we, we just like to hear football. We want to talk about football. And there's a lot of other things that you can talk about with this team to break it down, especially when you got, um, you know, so many dynamic different pieces and parts to the team. So looking forward to it. At BlueDial.com, you can celebrate special moments, getting the engagement ring of her dreams to getting a classic piece. All the prices you won't find traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with all the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams or celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your most sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Con Brown's listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, LOCKEDON, all caps, no space. Plus, every order is insured, it ships free, and it arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Locked on Browns podcast. We back at it again. G. Bush, Jeff Lloyd. You know, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at, uh, at GBush91 and at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Make sure you're following Locked on Browns on Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, if you want to see our pretty faces <laughs> and, 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 and what we got going, Make sure you, you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Um, feel free to comment in the comment section. Um, we're going to ramp this thing up, man. We're going to get it rolling and all the way into the football season. Get on the get on the train now. So so when football season comes and, you, and we're ready to do, you ain't got to wait for Monday or Tuesday. You already know, hey, Locked on Browns podcast, that is the daily one-stop shop for your Cleveland Browns news. Thanks for making us you know, your first stop of the day. Um, we talked a little bit about offense. We talked about the defensive guys and the projected numbers that are uh, coming out in 2020 for 2022. And, you know, when you look at those projection numbers, you're going to see um, some guys that are, you know, I, I actually think he was pretty accurate in the way that he, he kind of presented the numbers. I thought he did a good job in the quarterbacks and, and kind of, you know, showing some of the, you know, some of the ways that you got to work into it. 16 touchdowns for Deshaun Watson, seven interceptions. Uh, and, and over almost 2,500 yards. I thought that was very accurate. But undoubtedly, when you project something, you can't account for people having a bad year or a down year. And so when you're talking about numbers, you, everybody's not going to come out and have a career year. Everybody's not going to come out and stay uh, status quo or even level. You know, coaches always said, you heard it 100 times, either you, you're getting better or you're getting worse. Did we win today or <laughs> did we lose today, Jeff? So uh, let, let's talk about a couple of people that may have regressed a little bit um, or, or we project to regress a little bit in terms of their numbers. Uh, for me, I look at it and, and I, it, it would be easy to go to the offensive line. Um, but I'm going to go to the running back position. Uh, I actually think that uh, Kevin Stefanski could be using uh, Kareem Hunt a lot more. I, I actually don't think they use him enough. I actually, be truthful, I don't think they use Nick Chubb enough. There's way too many times where I I'm seeing Nick Chubb on the sideline, and it's like, bro, it's third down, bro. Third and anything, third and five and under, Nick Chubb is already making the first guy miss. 
to me, they haven't utilized what Kareem Hunt does best, and, and they don't get him enough touches. I understand that they want to ride the hot hand, but as a running back, it's tough to get a hot hand when you're not in the game. So for me, if they were going to use Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb at the same time, maybe you got Nick Chubb blocking and Kareem Hunt's going out at the backfield for a pass. Maybe he's on the field as a lead blocker. Maybe there's all kinds of things that you could be doing to get him acclimated. I need him on the field in one shape or form, form or fashion, and I don't think the Browns have, have explored enough with that. So I think Kareem Hunt might have a down year next year. I think, you know, Nick Chubb is pretty much going to have his stuff built in uh, into what they do. I think he's the number one back. He'll get some carries, but I don't think they're creative enough as they should be because Nick Chubb uh, should have over 1,100, and you should be seeing Kareem Hunt push that 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 barrier or having that Mac and Biner one-two punch where you got both guys over 1,000. That's how much I think they should be using them. Who do, where do you say and where do you come out on the situation of a person that could be taking a step back as far as statistics go? See, I, I I see where you're going with the Kareem Hunt thing because you look at that room and you try to make sense of it. If you just gave Dearness Johnson $2.5 million to be part of this team, that's not affecting Nick Chubb's carries. Who is it affecting? Most likely it's affecting Kareem Hunt. If Jerome Ford has a strong summer and the Browns think that he's eventual replacement in that running back room 2023 and going beyond, you're going to give him a little run. Um, for now, Demetri Felton's still there. Look, these guys are fighting each other for touches. Nobody is fighting with Nick Chubb for touches. Nick's going to get what he's going to get, and it's that's the way that's going to go. Um, but also, I do agree with you on the fact that you know you look at who are some of the best players with the ball in their hands for the Cleveland Browns. It, your top three are Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, and Kareem Hunt. Whatever way you want to stack them, whatever way you want to rank them. Those are the three best players at your skill positions with the balls in their ball in their hands. So why in the world would you not find a way to use Kareem more? But you look at the way that room looks, and it certainly you know gives you some pause and hesitation. For me, I'm going to go with the offensive tackle play, and I am not knocking Jedrick Wills here to any point whatsoever. I think he's done a good job, and the fact that you look at what he did in 2021 and account to the fact that he was injured the entire season. Um, but yeah, we're going here in a year three. Is he is he a foundational left tackle for the Cleveland Browns? We are going to need to see and find out this year. Jack Conklin, 2020 was fantastic. 2021 was injury riddled um, to the point where the Browns and Jack Conklin redid the deal. And Jack Conklin is essentially only here for one more year. So if you don't get to see Jedrick Wills take a big step up as a left tackle, knowing maybe you're most likely done with Jack Conklin after the season. Do you return Jedrick Wills back to his normal position that you drafted him out of Alabama as a right tackle? And then go find another left tackle. I'm not saying Jedrick Wills is by no means not serviceable. Um, but if you're not getting him, you know, keep in mind, you drafted this kid, I believe it was you know, 10th overall. So if you're not getting the return of that investment, you can put him back on the right side where he should be much more comfortable, probably should play better. Go find another left tackle, go that route. But I think it's going to be interesting how the tackle play works this year for the Browns. Um, you know, you think Nick Harris is going to do a good job. We obviously know, you know we have, you know, I, I hate to say it for both of them, but almost Hall of Fame play from both guards right now on the interior. Um, you're just going to have to see the way it works for the offensive tackles because, um, you know, Jedrick Wills, we need to see the next step in the maturation process of his game. And, you know, with Conklin, you know, how is the body doing? How is the body responding? And he's always a player that is not his most effective when he's dinged up. I, I totally agree with you on Wills. And the reason I agree with you on Wills so much is he's a 10th overall pick. 
Um, and this is the time period where you should be thriving. Everybody knows that you got great play in the middle, right? So you got all the help you need in the middle, right? If you want to play right tackle for the Cleveland Browns or left tackle, you got two of the best guards doing it in the middle of the field, helping you out with some three techniques, helping you out with calling out plays and making sure that these, these pass rushers stay on their side of the line of scrimmage. But for me, Jedrick Wills was, was a right tackle. And to me, he never struck me as a left tackle. I'm always squeamish about that, moving a right tackle to left tackle. And I know people can say, well, they could just simply move pass rushers all around. Does it really matter whether or not you're a left tackle or a right tackle? But but to be honest, there's a lot that goes into that because your pass set is different. How you arc, how you pr pass protect, how you kick slide. The kick slide is different. So if you're if you're used to getting in the right hand stance and getting in the left hand stance, we that's two totally different things. I know people may not <laughs> want to acknowledge it, but that's the thing. And, and you got guys coming off that edge, and it only takes a split second. You off the ball late, you, you, a person gets the first meaningful contact, you're thinking about where your feet are supposed to go, your hand placement, your punch, and all of a sudden, you got a guy like Miles Garrett, he's all in your quarterback's lap. So for me, I've always thought Jedrick Wills was a right tackle, um, playing left tackle. We'll see if he can take that next step. Uh, but I, I'm, I totally agree with you. You can find Jedrick Wills can find himself on the opposite side, um, and he could be a, a kind of one of those guys who who he was here for a first deal, and they moved on him. The guy's name is escaping me, Mitchell Schwartz. Yes. Mitchell Schwartz turned out to be a really good pro, um, and he was pretty good here. But he kind of blossomed when he got to Kansas City. Um, so I'm 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 waiting to see what what they're gonna do with Jedrick Wills and how he develops. It's, it's, you know, for, for Wills, I mean, look, it's a big year, obviously huge year for him. Um, you know, this year goes very well for him. It's one less thing the Browns. And I, look, you're in an opportunity where you're finding a right tackle is a lot easier than certainly finding a left tackle here. So, you know, for everything that we're speaking on here, obviously the easiest thing for the Cleveland Browns is Jadrick Wills just takes that next step. And again, it's really tough to base it on 2021, knowing how injured he was for the entire season. We've got to a bunch here today. Uh, Mike Clay, ESPN, uh, his projections statistically for you know Cleveland Browns. That's out. Check it out on ESPN. All thirty-two teams. Mike does does a great job with it. Always, oh, it's one of my favorite pieces every year. It's just you know it's the stat nerd in me. I love to see that type of stuff. Um, so we obviously look at the offense, the defensive side of the ball. High hopes for Jeremiah Wusu Koromo as he goes into year two here, and then you know just you know some concerns here about you know somewhere a position for the Cleveland Browns that you know may not be getting. The talk it deserves, and right now nothing is getting the amount of talk with the Browns that it deserves, except for one topic. It's disingenuous. It's tough. I know. I, I know a lot of fans would rather just hear about this team and not just one separate incident. Uh, that's what we try to do here. That's why we're here at Daily. We try to give you obviously what you guys need here. Um, so for the show here, uh, Locked On Browns, as always, we appreciate everybody. Uh, who makes this your first listen day in, day out, whether it's in podcast form, make sure you're following, subscribe to the show uh, on now on YouTube, of course. Make sure you're subscribed over there. I think it's you know north of 850 now as we're closing in on 1,000 subscribers. Greatly, greatly appreciate you all for all of that. Garrett Bush, your co-host now here on Locked On Browns at GBush91. Garrett, obviously a part of the panelists on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Uh, they just continue day in, day out. If somebody's there, please let's get Jeff Fisher with a 9-7 and seven joke, okay? G. Bush, if you guys are in there today with Jeff right. Fisher joining. Um, you can also check Garrett out, of course, the Barbershop Saturdays on 92.3 The Fan and usually other opportunities on 92.3 The Fan as well. 
Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Ideas, questions, thoughts for the show. You guys know this time of year, wide open palette for us. I mean, we don't have to stick to a day-to-day structure like you normally do during the regular season. You got Browns questions, football questions, anything. You feel free to bring them. I think somewhere along the line here, me and Garrett will maybe try to bring in a couple of stories from our past here, either bust our own chops or whatever, have a little fun with it. Um, But again, you know, none of this happens without you. We appreciate you all for being here day in, day out. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you use. And of course, over on YouTube, with all that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.